And my personal favorite, Steven Seagal is colon the final option. Welcome to season six where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a pop tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Let me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV that includes an expanded, expanded free trial up to level 70 with no restrictions on playtime, including the award-adjacent expansion Stormblood that will also soon be available on Xbox Series X. That's right. The meme has updated. We have new information. I love that there's like meme to the electric boogaloo. <laughs> like it's one of those things that doesn't need a sequel, like the evolution of dance yeah. guy when he did a second video. Like, yeah. who's this for? Nobody but I also it. really love award adjacent. Adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Stormblood is an expansion. It's definitely not as good as Heaven's Word, but it, it also exists. Awards adjacent. <laughs> That's really funny. Thank you. Thank you. What what have the hardcore fans of critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy 14 said about the move to Xbox? Yeah. So let me explain. So they uh so this as of recording, um this past weekend, so the last weekend in July was uh FF14 Fan Fest, which is a big con that the the game mm. puts on in Vegas. There are actually three fan fests in the uh, there's one in Vegas, there's one in Europe, and there's one in Japan. And this is how they reveal like the, the, the slow drip feed of the next expansion. So this was part one of three effectively. So we got the the name drop for the new expansion. It's called Dawn Trail. Not that you guys care, but that's that's for that's for daddy. Um, our, our, our main character is a trailer of our main character looking hot as hell on a pirate ship. <laughs> so here we are. All right. Um, and uh, and part of that was the announcement that they're expanding the free trial. They're adding one more um, expansion to the free trial. Um, so to the to the question, uh, and then the other big announcement was again the move to Xbox Series X. I think everyone's like, yeah, fine. Um, okay. The game the game has a pretty big like console contingent. Um, there's tons of people that play on PlayStation. So I think people are just like, yeah, cool, great. Like maybe I'll maybe. They'll, they'll probably put the free trial on Game Pass, which is like pretty dope. So yeah. nice. Neat. Um, Phil Phil Spencer was at the thing and they like brought him out and they like he came out. He looked like he had he like literally just stepped off a plane and he had he was born on a plane and died on a plane. <laughs> he was just like, hello, my friends. I'm so happy to travel. Reed's paper. Aorzia with you. Like it's like, OK, Phil Spencer, good job. You did it. You can go back to your crypt now. Um, is I have another question on this, sure. and then we can get into the main <laughs> yeah. topic of the day. Is yeah. is Final Fantasy fourteen the only one that is an MMORPG? Actively, yeah. Uh, Eleven okay. was also an MMO. Oh, okay, um, but it's not. It's not um, active. You can gotcha. still play it, but uh, you, it's not it's no longer like supported. Gotcha. 
yeah it's a it's a it's a real overwatch one well it's not overwatch one because you can still play it you can't you can't play overwatch one <laughs> no the the first version of final fantasy 14 that got that's over nuclear one. destroyed by a dragon was overwatch one that's correct see i listen when you talk isn't that I, fun i my heart just grew three sizes this day <laughs> Um, to change topics only briefly, uh, watching mastery of something is a spectacle that humans have engaged in going back before recorded history, whether that be through blood sport or just the regular type of sport. We as people cannot get enough of watching really, really ridiculously talented people doing really, really ridiculously difficult things. And when it comes to video games, something that already has a definitive win and lose state. How do you prove yourself to be the very best like no one ever was at playing uh, any one individual game? You do it by playing it fast. Faster than anyone <laughs> else has ever played that game before. And you record that time and post it up on the internet so all the world knows how good you are at playing that game real, real fast. And then you compare that time to others from all over the world who also play that game just as fast as you. <laughs> Which... Brings us to today's topic, the Olympics of video games, games done quick. I feel like there should be like a fan yeah. sound effect. Yeah, there. like a, yeah. <laughs> sort of we need a soundboard. Do we, do we, can we invest don't in a soundboard? Don't threaten me with a good time, <laughs> yeah. Andrew. <laughs> you don't want to open that can of whoop ass. Season, season seven is getting a soundboard. I think, I think, I think uh, Matt's foray into his 30s is Matt's going to be a soundboard guy. Dude, you activated my morning zoo radio degree <laughs> trap card. Oof. All right, I'm going to go on Amazon after this. I think the the tr the key there is all four of us have to have a different soundboard and we can't we can't <laughs> yeah. load the same sound effects up. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> oh fuck. Anyway, uh games done quick or GDQ as it is known, is a biannual week-long speedrunning marathon where hundreds of gamers converge in a single very sweaty and stinky hotel space to showcase their ability to play a game really, really fast. And thousands of people watch and shout out Twitch emotes and tired catchphrases, and they run, they raise a shit ton of money for charity. I'm your host, Andrew Henderson, and joining me on the couch today are Matt, can you stop Cole and Kyle, I would really prefer if you would be quiet, Harper. I um, yeah. know what this is from because <laughs> Andrew had us watch this video. Yes. But man, do I have such a deep appreciation for these <laughs> middle names. <laughs> we'll talk about it uh, here toward the end. So guys, what do you guys know about? And I, I should note too, um, this is a this is a this is a free space episode. Um, this episode was not commissioned by one of our members of but the hashtag Butthwomp Nation. However, if you listening out there would like to commission your own flavor text and want us to talk about, I don't care, whatever you want, uh, go ahead and check out our Patreon at debatethiscast.patreon.com slash debatethiscast. <laughs> hey, you've done that doing before. It. Good job, Done that man. before. Great. We're doing it. We'll uh, get there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What do, you, what do you guys know about GDQ? This is that thing... That happens every year that everyone talks about and I don't watch because I don't watch <laughs> I don't watch streams all that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you and you guys all talk about it like it's a, a fun, great thing. And I'm missing we do out talk about it a lot. And 
that's that's all I know about it. They and they raise a ton of money for charity. I do see mm-hmm. the like charity stats every year too. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to say what Kyle said, but in my voice. I <laughs> <laughs> agree on all fronts. I yeah. know that you have described it to me a bunch as the Olympics of video games. Mm-hmm. You and Todd have both told me you should watch this. You'll really like it. And I've said, yeah. okay. And I haven't. <laughs> and then I know that almost everybody in our Patreon discord is really also into watches it. Yeah. it. yeah. Yeah. It, we get so, uh, patreon.com slash debate this cast if you're interested in joining on the discord as well yeah we we definitely get um we get we do we do play by plays when it's gdq season um we're a very pro gdq discord server here matt i'm glad to learn you also don't haven't watched any of these because i thought i was the only (laughs) one in our entire discord server so well, no, man, I also just hide in the corners and mute my <laughs> notifications. And so uh, let me start by saying there is a lot of when it speed one speed running can be very overwhelming to get in. So I hope I would like these ne- this next insert time here to be a starter pack, a starter pack to get you. I'm going to we're going to go over not only the history of GDQ, but like some of the 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 phrases, the terms, the things that you might hear um some common tricks that you'll see people do and then more importantly like a little bit of a greatest hits i've i've curated i've been watching this for a long time and i've i've curated um some of my most personal memorable experiences so i think we're going to have fun um so let's start by talking a little bit about the organization itself so gdq games done quick uh began with a website that was built in 1998 called speed demos archive um which is still up today you can it's got it's got real space jam the the movie (laughs) website energy if you go on it um speed demos archive was used to originally it is old it's so (laughs) old it is (laughs) i love it um speed demos archive it's i mean it's still like actively used today like to be clear but uh, it was originally built to archive demo runs of Quake, the PC game Quake. Oh, incredible. Good. Yeah. And uh, until it was later expanded to 2004 um, to to more games uh, following uh, the the owner's sick 100% Metroid Prime run. <laughs> it, I like, love <laughs> I want to archive more videos because I had a good Metroid Prime run. I love that. Yeah. It's like this site is only for Quake. Wait, I just beat Metroid Prime. This site, <laughs> yeah. this site is only yeah. for Quake, Quake and, Metroid, and Prime. Metroid Prime. I I have to say, I think there's no better way to set up like the energy of games done quick than that sentiment right right there. <laughs> it really like it, that that is going to be a, a central through line. So uh, two years later, in 2006, a man named Mike Uyama took over as uh, Speed Demo Archives administrator, and then he oversaw the development of. this kind of niche but very passionate community of gamers and and specifically speed speed gamers um (laughs) people that were that would play games really really the hardest core among us yes (laughs) uh so during a meetup at magfest you guys know what magfest is music and gaming fest yeah okay. okay yeah um it's exactly that it's a it's a celebration of music and games um members of the speed demo archive sda community they collectively they met they were at a meetup and they decided like hey let's do a charity stream this is something that had been 
going around uh, around kind of the industry there for a while. I mean, this was like the early days of Twitch before it was Twitch. It was still called Justin TV, if you remember that. Um, back oh, then. Oh, wow. man, I didn't, but that <laughs> I was, locked something yeah. within I me. was just going to say, what did they stream on? Because I just looked it up out of curiosity, yeah. and Twitch wasn't founded until yeah. 2011. That's correct. Yeah, Justin TV start came first. It was Justin.tv. Uh, I remember and, that and now. There's a bit here I'll get into it, but basically, like, their streams were, it was so like, it was built on such like gum and duct tape that like if they had over like a thousand users, it would immediately boot them because the, the dot TV, uh, is, um, it's another, it's, uh, Tivoli Tivoli, I think is the country. It's oh. a domain for Tivoli. Are you uh, not Tivoli. kidding me? That. Yeah. Wow. Um, what? I, I, my. My brain is leaking out Not of yeah. my ears tu- and my Tuvalu. headphones are holding it in. Tuvalu. It's just like a little island and just because it's like cheap. That yeah. Just... So dot TV has nothing to do with television. It is a domain wow. for so they added a new wrinkle to my brain. That is... We can end the podcast <laughs> right here. Yeah. I yeah. I'll never learn anything more it's interesting very, than that. It's very fun. Um so Justin.tv, yeah, was just this like little little stream site that could um but there was a couple other events going on around uh, getting popular at the time. Um, there was one called the Speed Gamers. There was a group called the Speed Gamers doing um, doing a, an event, uh, a 72-hour Zelda run. And then another group who still does it today um, called Desert Bus for Hope, which is a, a run, a marathon of the game Desert Bus, which is just oh, you drive awesome. a bus in the desert <laughs> and you get donations. In, in, in yeah. real time. For, in real yeah, time. And in real time. drive it back. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's so great. And then the game mocks you when you, if you do all like sixteen hours, I think it is. It's an eight-hour drive out and back. The game, yeah, mocks you. It's like, why'd you do that, you loser? Yeah. So they're like, cool. So we're gonna do this thing. We're gonna do a charity uh, charity speed run event, like a marathon. Um, so their first event was led by Mike Uyama um, on January first through the third, and they called it Classic Games Done Quick. And they did it during MAGFest, um, which was at the time in Alexandria, Virginia. It's like DC area. Um, this is great. During the event, the internet was so bad in the hotel that Mike Uyama famously had to relocate it to his mom's basement. <laughs> and they streamed <laughs> classic games done quick in Mike Uyama's mom's basement. And so, so good. If you're listening at home, uh, now is the time that you should definitely uh, access the imager library link there's only a few images but man oh man you got to see this first image of these two guys sitting in mike uyama's basement doing the very first gdq event the most wow 2007 no 2010 Mm -hmm. basement i've ever seen in my life so mike uh the owner of sda is uh on the left here wearing the headset Wow. Wow. It's Man, great. there's a it's there's great. a rack of uh sentimental golf balls on the back uh-huh. and everything. <laughs> yes, sir. So uh <clears throat> being that this event was tied to Magfest, they kind of narrowed the focus of the event to just like older NES games, SNES era games, hence classic games done quick. Um that name actually comes from reportedly comes from an old uh 1990 Quake speedrunning event. A project called Quake hmm. Done Quick, which is like, it's a good name. Yeah, it is it a good name. Rolls off the tongue well. It does. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but it was a success, like despite the fact that, it, you know, it was in his mom's basement or whatever um, enough, you know, they they raised some money and they're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it for real. So one year later, on January 6, 2011, the event was officially like decoupled from MAGFest and was extended to a full five days um, where they streamed out of a 4-H conference center in Maryland. So the event will for for a while kind of hover around the D.C. area. Mm. Um, this is where they also expanded the focus of the games to hit more modern titles. They in the report, it was like we wanted to play Halo, you know, um, so they changed the name to Awesome Games Done Quick. And that's where we get it ah. um, at the at the time, the charity for the marathon, um, the charity for which the marathon was raising funds changed to the Prevent Cancer Foundation. And it actually still rep- su- supports that today. Um, so AG, AGDQ still supports uh, Prevent Cancer Foundation. Nice. In August of that year, uh, Speed Demos led a second kind of spinoff event called Summer Games Done Quick. And this would be a mid-year companion to AGDQ. So to recap, we've got AGDQ Awesome Games Done Quick in January and then Summer Games Done Quick. Um, so Summer Winter Olympics. Now, summer is functionally the same as awesome. The only major difference is its location and the charity that it benefits. Um, For the latter, the charity began the first year as the Organization for Autism Research, um, or sorry, the first three years, and then was changed to Doctors Without Borders in 2013, which is what they support today. So uh, AGDQ is Prevent Cancer Foundation. SGDQ is Doctors Without Borders. So to be clear, they don't um, distinguish between uh, summer games and and winter games. They do the not. Two, the they two do not. competitions. I know. I was I going know. to ask the same question, but like, <laughs> if the games for AGDQ were only allowed to be awesome, like no lame games this <laughs> no season. No lame games at AD <laughs> at awesome I, I games would, done quick. And, I would say that's a good bit, but there is literally a block called awful games done quick. So, okay, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, like, that's a fun play. Good. It so. is pretty good. Uh, so since then, uh, GDQ has pretty much maintained this cadence of AGDQ in January, SGDQ in July, August. It kind of bounces around. Whenever they can book the space. <laughs> yeah, whenever they can book the space, exactly. Um, but GD, uh, AGDQ is almost ex- always like the first week of January. So uh, AGDQ, like I said, has mostly been hosted in various hotels around the greater D.C. area until it moved to Orlando, Florida in 2020. You guys, you guys read the news about Florida lately? I read the news about Florida a couple times lately, in fact. Yeah, you sure have. So funny story about AGDQ. It actually hasn't been live since 2020's Orlando, Florida. Um, So if you do, if you're doing the math. Uh, 2020 January. Yep. Uh, the Fire Nation attacked in Mo- March moments, of 2020. Moments before catastrophe yep. struck. Moments before <laughs> catastrophe struck. Yep. So 21 and 22 were remote. And then for 23, um, AGDQ, or the Game's Done Quick uh, Foundation, essentially said like, so they, they had the spot in Florida booked and they were like, hey, you know what? We're uh, not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing Florida. So uh, they canceled it and uh, they did it remote again. So Okay. I was wondering. Um, AGDQ currently does not have a home um, hmm. at this to this date. Um, 
However, SGDQ uh, started in Utah and then it went to Denver, Colorado for a bit. And now it currently presides in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Mm. Minnesota. So in 2015, ownership of both events turned over from Speed Demos Archives to Games Done Quick LLC. Just they made a company to to support it. And uh, Michael Yama still oversees the whole thing today. And nice. uh, in addition to those two biannual events, uh, GDQ has also done one-off events in the past. Uh, they did a 2011 Japan relief done quick, mm. which supported victims of the Tohoku earthquake uh, and tsunami in 2011. Um, they did uh, one uh, uh, in 2018 to support Able Gamers. Um, and they've done a few other ones. Uh, in 2020, they also created a women-only you can imagine this is a fairly male-dominated industry or category. So uh, they GDQ created a women-only special event called Frost Fatalities, or Fatales, um, which has female or female-presenting runners. And then that spun off into Flame Fatalities. So you've got Frost Fatalities and Frame, nice. flame, flame Fatalities. Our, our winter and summer events again. That's yes. correct. Um, and they are alternate in February and August, just like the core events do. Do those two have kind of home cities or are they done remotely um, or i don't know because they started in 2020 so gotcha I, they're they're still pretty new probably um, probably done remotely they then. they don't yeah they 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 do more like um regular like they do like monthly events and things so those are more like smaller but like more like um active organizations rather than like one big marathon event sure sure yeah. Uh, more recently, GDQ has branched out to be a content platform all year round, right? So, you know, it's middle of August as we, as you're probably listening to this, you're like, man, I don't have a GDQ until January. Well, fear not, listener. Uh, you can listen to GDQ literally every fucking day of your life if you want. <laughs> the GDQ <laughs> Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash games done quick, hosts a daily series called GDQ Hotfix. It's a good name which uh, features a kind of rotating list of these like special interest segments. Um, They have one called random number generation, which features randomizers, which are really fun kind of challenge uh, mods. Um, They do challenger accepted, which is one that just highlights challenge, different types of challenge runs. Um, There's one called uh, the, what's it called? Like the first taste or the first, the first race or something like that, which is like, Hey, if you're getting into it, start here kind of thing. Um, and these are all like recurring shows. So GDQ events, just to kind of summarize this, GDQ events have been become infamous in the past couple of years. If you follow Polygon, you you probably have seen like every six months, Polygon does the like, hey, y'all, GDQ's raising a fuck ton of money again. Um, they have run a t- driving, they drive a ton of donations in a very short amount of time. Um, the money that gets raised each year tops itself, you know, time over time. Um, AGDQ 2014 was the first event to breach 1 million. 2017 was the first to breach 2 million. And uh, image two here is the end of AGDQ 2017, like the last event, which was Undertale. That was like the finale of Undertale. They just wow. hit $2 million and like people were fucking losing their minds. It was quite the event. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, as of June of 2023, so we just had a SGDQ here about a, a little bit more than a month ago, the organization has raised over $46 million across 43 different marathons from uh, more than 262,000 unique donors. That's amazing. Damn. Isn't that's that great? a lot. 
Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Rad. That's a lot. And and consider that and consider that like if you walk into a room of a hundred people, how many people do you think would know the word speed run? Three, maybe. I mean, like maybe just hundred random people, you know? Yeah, it's a good uh, so f- family feud question, right? right. <laughs> um, now, as the marathons have attracted more attention from from outside of these speedrunning communities, developers and other independent organizations within games have become involved, uh, which is really cool. It's it's very common to see these like big ten thousand dollar donations from apparel shop, the Yeti, or indie developer Tiny Build. There's a couple other developers that always show up. Um, a lot of game devs have joined in as commentators. They'll they'll call in and like talk about their games and like watch somebody come fucking crack open the skull <laughs> of the thing that they worked on for five years. Um, it's really cool. It's it's become a very collaborative thing. So you have said a bunch of times that GDQ is like the Olympics of yeah. video games. I would like to raise you that GDQ is the farm aid of video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, I, it's the Olympics in... Well, let's actually, let's talk about because literally my next bullet here is... Let's talk about how what GDQ is and how it works. Look and, at that, and I didn't even read your next bullet. I, I know, damn. this is really good. And, and to Matt's point, I think the more a- appropriate is GDQ is the Olympics meets a telethon. So you're not wrong. Um, yeah, it's it, like a, it's a charity, it's a charity yeah. exhibition. It's, Which it's yeah. Are also it's what if, sports. if it's what if we put on the Olympics, but instead of giving gold medals for countries, we're going to make you donate money. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, and, and by that, I mean, it is it is not a competition. The the objective, the overall goal is to showcase. This is more like a, an, an invitational. Right. It's it's come and showcase the thing that you spend so much of your time doing and, and show offs and, and force people to donate money. So each event at GDQ consists of a runner or plural runners um, that who are accompanied by like one to three people that provide commentary of that run. And the reason they do that is so people, somebody's talking over the gameplay so that you, the audience, can understand. Because so the speedrunner can focus on speedrunning. Yes, and and the stream can be entertaining to yes. more than exactly t- the twenty people that- who just want to watch speed like. Hardline speed running. That plus watching a speed run without sound and no context is absolutely insane. Because yeah, it's yeah. just like, what what is happening? It's like watching Overwatch League. It, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. True. Um, now, and sometimes like the commentators are like, they'll explain like, okay, he's doing this trick. He's doing this thing. He's, he's you know, trying to like find this crack in this wall so that he can like, you know, merge through it and end up on the other side. So he doesn't need a key, blah, blah, blah. Or like sometimes they're just like cracking jokes and, and just being entertaining and like whatever, either way, either way works. Um, there's also part of this, a host who moderates, hypes up the crowd, reads donations, yada, yada, yada. So I mean, over the years, the event has become more and more of a spectacle. They've added things, more ways to encourage donations so, you know, if you tune in these days, you'll see bonus incentives, which are like, you know, if we get X number of dollars by the end of this game, the runner will do something blindfolded or, you know, maybe we'll do a like another with a guitar glitch hero controller with a guitar. Yeah, hero controller. yeah right. Um, raffle. You'll see raffles for fan submitted prizes. You'll see like limited time dollar for dollar donation matches, things like that. You know, telethon shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you will you also see like runners will often like get into the spirit themselves and they'll set their own donation incentives. Like they'll donate a couple bucks for every death or stuff like that. So that's oh, cool. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, when you watch speedrun and we watch a GDQ speedrun, that is, you're going to see an estimated time. And every game, every event has an estimated time to complete. That is what the runner sets when they uh, when they apply for the spot. Because you have to basically submit ahead of time. They say, like, I want to play this game. Um, I want to do this cat this game in this category. Here's my time, blah, blah, blah. The goal there, and again, this is the goal is not to get a personal best. The goal is not to whatever. The goal is to essentially beat that time. Um, this is a showcase and it's, it's generally accepted that like you hear a lot of times like marathon strats or marathon time, yeah. right? like, a marathon yeah. run is never going to be their rarely going to be their best run just because it's, it's being done live, right? It's SNL rules. Yeah, sure. That said though, you know, it's while it's a showcase and like they want it, whatever they have to hit that time. Cause it's like, it's also a planned event. Like we got to move on. We got to move on. So the goal oh, is to yeah. beat that time. So you set that time as like, you know, that you can beat that time. Right. Two, Got two questions, Andrew, and yeah. I don't need exact numbers on this, but sure. um, how often is it that someone has to do that, has to quit yeah. before they not, complete the game? Not often, but not never. Is it like once a GDQ? Once a, Yeah, like, once or twice a GDQ. I mean, okay. you'll have situations where maybe they'll go a little bit over the time and like, whatever, that's fine. And they'll make a comment and be like, oh, yeah, we're not hitting time, whatever. Sure. And some games just some games just re- rely on random chance more than others. Um, sometimes like it's also like things happen live, right? Like, yep, you miss audio, a, like ports you don't miss work. A trick and, or, yeah. yeah, you yeah. miss you miss things. But like also like AV doesn't work, whatever. But but there have definitely been times where like there's been like massive fuck ups. So there's there's one run in particular. I think this happened. This might have been last year, two years ago. It was a Super Mario Sunshine run where essentially the runner um, saving is something that takes time. And uh-huh. a lot of speedrunners don't save in their like world record runs, but they do save in marathons because it's like, again, marathon strats, backup yeah. strats, right? Yeah, right. There was a particular one where like, the guy was just in straight up autopilot playing Mario Sunshine and he got like 45 minutes in and like fucked something up and then realized that he never once he had been saving. Oh yeah. no. And and it was oh. this it was this like su- and the and the guy was like he was the runner was like not talking either and like you could tell he was like kind of freaking out, right? And yeah. it was really cool cuz the audience was like very supportive of him sure and it ended up like he kind of they he he tried it again and then he like fucked up again after because oh, he was so oh. like he was so he was just yeah. all like messed up like tilted yeah so he took like five minutes they were like go go take a breather like go mm-hmm. run in the bathroom like take a beat take a beat he came back and they did just like a glitch exhibition which was like which nice. is great nice. you know and yeah. ended up really really great but the but it took like it took the audience being like come on man you can do it you know so like yeah. it certainly happens it's a live event you know like this shit happens but that's, yeah, that's like that's the equivalent of like one of us has to stay back to set off the bomb. <laughs> yeah. I'm 45 minutes into a speed run yeah. and I've run out of lives and didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's real. Like there there is there are stakes. There's not. I mean, you're still performing live in front of yeah. you know, thousands. There's two million followers on, on Twitch. Right. Um, second question. How often has it <clears throat> happened that someone 
like massively beat the time by like excellent question by yeah. like more it, than a third of the estimated time or something. What's so cool about that is it happens more than you think it does. Nice. And that's like, yeah, multiple world records will be shattered. And that's the thing we, when we constantly like ping about it in discord, we're like, Chrissy yeah. Lynn will be like, Oh my God, world record shattered. You know, like I'll have it sure. on the background and be like, Oh, I just saw that. You know, the, like, those are, those are definitely like cool moments. Um, it's usually like, Somebody just shattered the record in Kirby's Air Ride or whatever. Yeah. Like somebody shattered the, yeah. the the 100% run record in Claymates. Like one, who fucking cares? But like two, hell yeah, man. 100% running Claymates shattered. You know, it's great. I mean, anything is anything if you attribute value to it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. But it, it's really cool. And like, and again, like it's a spectacle. People go fucking nuts when, when uh, world records get, get shattered. Um, and that's, you know, this kind of, this kind of brings me to, you know, speed running as a sport, right? Cause like, I, I think this is a sport. This is an esport. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. but it's different than other types of esports because this is entirely community driven. You know, this is, this is the most socialist type <laughs> of like spectator sport. I think, I think you can, they can exist. Yeah. There is, there is no central organization or save for GDQ itself. There's no like one central organization or group that says like this is what speedrunning is. This this is what like these are the categories for this game or like you know nobody owns nobody says like what 100%ing a game actually means, right? So what that means is the only central force are the people that run the games themselves. The community dictates like what the categories are, what constitute like when do you press stop in the t- on the timer? You know, how many bananas mm. do you need to count Donkey Kong is 100% completed, right? Like, it's <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Um, and speedrunning is is just one of the most open, welcoming, and collaborative communities out there. Um, you know, and you'll see, if you watch any speedrunner out there, especially with GDQ, you'll constantly hear, like, yeah, just, like, come to the message boards, you know, we'll help you get started. There are so many to there are more tutorials on YouTube for speedrunning than there are like <laughs> fixing a- appliances. Like it's 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 ri- it's ridiculous, man. Um I've linked here a great example of like the community sharing cuz what will happen especially with these like, you know, your Mario's, your Zelda's, your Pokémon's, um the entire massive communities will will spring up and build resources, tutorials, video tutorials, walkthroughs um, they'll share glitches that they find and, and everything. And I, I just linked one here, PokemonSpeedruns.com, and it's kind of a, a a shared reference guide or encyclopedia to anything you'd ever want to know about Pokemon speedrunning. Um, it's just huh. really cool stuff. And this again, like people just do this on their own free time. Like this is totally, totally like people aren't getting paid to do this. This is just yeah. like fucking. There was a good all passion projects. There was a good like six months, I think it was six months to a year where Derek, my brother, was really into Pokemon speedrunning. He was trying. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about it here in a bit, but I got, I got, I went, I fell down the randomizer hole and I, oh, sure. Still, I'm still there, but still, still in that hole. Yeah. I'm sure that I'll say this again at some other point in this episode, probably a couple of times. But there's something very old internet about all of this Incredibly. that I really like. Yes. Um, and it just feels really good. Yeah, you know? 1,000%. Back in the day when the internet was more than three websites, um, it, it's this it's is good. This is the something awful forums, but like become alive. 
Yeah. 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 So let's talk about the actual events themselves. Now, every event or category needs to have a goal. For most games, it's rolling credits, right? Um, For some of those, though, it might be like getting all the items or beating all the bosses. But, you know, as games are, games evolve and people evolve and people get bored and think of new ways to fuck up games and fuck up themselves. So I'm going to go through some major categories and like types of events that you'll see. Starting with the most vanilla, we got our any percent run. Any percent, that's the thing that this 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 podcast loves saying any percent, but let me just <laughs> officially define what any percent means. Um, this just means getting to the end of a game by any means necessary. Now, what I say that because this very often is going to involve exploiting glitches or otherwise manipulating the game in some way that was not intended to get to the end quickly as possible. These are these are your real glitchy runs. These are That's your correct. real like, yep. like we're going to hack through eight yep. walls and four levels to to shave an hour off of exactly. off of playtime. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And that's that's by and large the most common type of run there is. Just any percent just gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, another common one is glitchless, which you can pretty much tell from context. It is not what you said, Kyle. It is it is just mastery. It is just I play this game really well and I play this game really fast. Now are glitchless still any percent? Like that's you're correct. not okay. Yes, because 100% is is specifically um completing the game and and if you anyone who listened to our completing games flavor text we talked about you know 100% is kind of a nuanced term um and this is where like I think it's really cool because these communities decide what is 100%ing a game for some games it's pretty clear there might be like a menu screen that says 100% or you know, sure. maybe there's like a, a menu to or a, a codex to fill out or whatever, but some games it's not, right? So the community says like this counts, this doesn't count, whatever, whatever. So, you know, the best example is like Super Metroid. The major difference is getting to the end and escaping the planet or getting all the missile expansions, getting all the items, you know, all that stuff. Gotcha. Cool. Um, other another example of kind of like a vanilla traditional run is you know all bosses all dungeons all things um all and this, yeah, these are gonna, challenges in the game yeah. uh yeah these are these are so these are going to be more applicable to like your open world games uh more modular games that don't have just like a linear point to point trajectory so the best example is breath of the wild you know breath of the wild speed run is 23 minutes because you can just go straight Gosh. to ganon but yeah. you can also do an all shrines or you can do an all bosses or all dungeons breath of the wild run, which bumps that up to like four hours. Sure. And, and the difference, the reason why people would do this and what makes this still different than 100% is you're still kind of like, instead of, you know, instead of finding the shortest point way between two points, you're showing, you're finding the shortest way before between six points. Right? Sure. Sure. Mm hmm. So those are just kind of like traditional, just like vanilla runs, exactly how they are. So Kyle, you mentioned challenge runs. These are, I think these are, these tend to be my favorite types. Um, I think challenge runs uh, can be really fun. And and this is what kind of adds another layer of spice. So there's like challenge runs for the game. And then there's like, so there's like self, how do I put this? Um, 
self-enabled challenge runs and then fan support self-inflicted versus like user created challenge runs so the first flavor here is just like self-inflicted um i think the most common one here is like what i would call like new game plus or hard mode um this is just like beating the game on its hardest difficulty um example being like there's a lot of kingdom Hearts speedruns do it in critical mode um which is like you die in two hits or um, some Dark Souls speedrunners will do a new game plus seven or NG plus seven run, oh. which if you remember when we talked about Dark Souls, you can do game plus seven times. And it's just like the math keeps going and going. And yeah. Going. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is this is probably the silliest one. Low percent. What do you guys think low percent is? Uh, the quickest to the end with doing the least stuff. Completing the least the amount of game, game yeah. games, but with golf score. Yes, exactly, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, low percent is hilarious, and it's 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 very much a gimmick thing. It's really good in Zelda games because it's like how oh, little yeah. amount of items can you get, right? Like, can you beat Ganon with just the the regular sword or just the original sword? Or like Metroid with no mm-hmm. no um, exactly. expansion pack missiles exactly. or anything? Yeah, and and it's yeah. and it's different from any percent because you might just be like, well, if you can skip to the end, like you're right, but low percent will take more time to do less things. Yeah. That's right. the that's yeah. the difference. And the example I'll give here is there's actually a there's a Twilight Princess low percent run that takes 24 hours. Oh my what? gosh. Yeah. So this is great. So let me see if I can remember it. So this the situation is if you've ever played Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. there's um Twilight Princess is one of those 3D Zelda games that plays a cutscene every time you get an item, which is super annoying. And there's, it's basically the first time Link picks up a rupee. If you let it sit, eventually Link's character model will shift like a frame per every 20 minutes. Just like a weird bug. Cause it's like a, there's a video loop that's playing yeah, and it, yeah. and it doesn't loop all the way. So it, it doesn't like, loop. It's like one yeah. frame off. So somebody figured out if you just like let it sit in a certain state facing a certain angle, he will clip through a wall, like an impassable wall <laughs> after like 20 hours. Oh my it's great. gosh. Wow. <laughs> the internet is the best. That's incredible. I was going to say, because like mm-hmm. an any percent run, you might get a critical item because it yep. helps speed because it's you up. But like, you got it. Yeah. yeah this yep. specifically skips. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's stupid, and I love it's, it. It's so stupid. And then uh, well, a fan favorite of GDQ is blindfolded. Exactly how it sounds. Um, motherfuckers play games blindfolded. And uh, this happens pretty frequently. Uh, image three here is from the last SGDQ where some crazy person played the entirety of Breath of the Wild blindfolded. How there... do you even do that? How do you get there? Yeah, let me explain. So it's all about sound cues. Yep. It has to do with it's a combination of sound cues and muscle memory. And and it's it's fascinating to watch, man. I mean, they they turn the volume up and they'll explain like, okay, he's he's waiting to hear like he counts seven footsteps and then he knows to move left and then he counts like what it's just it's that's it's a there's a there's a guy on Save Data who will play um Pokemon Stadium randomizer, like the rental game mm-hmm. of it. Blind, completely blind. Oh, really? He just, oh, nice. He knows the, he knows what. Was that Jason? Yeah, it's Jason. Yeah. He knows the Pokemon <laughs> cries. He knows the like, 
pool wow. of random attacks every Pokemon has, and then That's he wild. like will listen to what the attacks are and um can figure it yeah. all out from there. It's insane. So we talked about challenge runs. So let's talk about challenge modes and and fan games. So we get in now we're getting into the ROM hacks. And this is like this is the chef's kiss. This is the best of the best here. This is where you get into the real silly shit. So do you guys know what ROM hacks are? Yes. I do, okay. yes. You're yeah. yep, you're nodding. Uh, for the listeners and anybody out there doesn't know, a ROM hack is essentially uh, a, a remix, a, a player created or a fan created remix of a game. It's not, you know, it's using assets of a game to shift it around and either remix elements of the game itself or create an entirely new one. Mm-hmm. Um, you may think like, hey, that sounds like copyright infringement. It is. It is. <laughs> At time of recording, there has been a bit of a ROM hack in the news as a uh, Street Fighter Six tournament okay. uh, was going on, and somebody left their hack on to make Chun Li oh, I did and hear about it oh. slipped through on broadcast. Yep. So there's Yikes. there's your ROM hacks in the news, or should I say, in the nudes? In the nudes, there it is. Yikes, dude! So uh, this is where we're going to talk about randomizers. Randomizers, a personal favorite of mine. A randomizer is a type of ROM hack that takes things like items or equipment or keys and literally randomizes their locations in a game. So the best example of this is Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Um, every item is, exists in a chest. Well, what if we just swapped all the chests around, right? So what that means is, Oh, you're not going to get the hook shot in Temple 3 to get so that you can get to d- Temple 4. No, you're going to find the hook shot in a chest in this cave that you can access like way at the end of the game. So your ass has to figure out how to get yep. to Temple 4 without the hook shot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, or you better figure out how to find the hook shot. Um Pokémon ram- randomizers are real common too where every yeah. every Pokémon encounter is just completely really random. good. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's where like so games like Pokemon, where you know you've got a massive category mm-hmm. of things and ways to ways to like really shake things up. Games that involve earning items to progress, like Zelda or Metroid Two, these are really popular ones um, that do randomizers. Um, not so much for Mario because for Mario's got a different category that we call Kaizo. So do you guys know what Kaizo games are? I also I sure do know. Do. I, also I know, do know I was what like, Kaizo okay. games. I was like are, I yeah. know Matt does. So Kaizo is a is a category named after a fan made Super Mario World ROM hack uh, from way back in 2007 um, that is colloquially known as Kaizo Mario World. It was not called Kaizo Mario World. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the game was called. And I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this Japanese, but it's it's uh, basically. Kaizu Mario wo Yujin ni Pirai Pirai Sasetamita, which is uh, roughly translated to making my friend play through my own <laughs> custom Mario hack. <laughs> Good. That's um, so much better. Yeah, it, it that the uh, the title is actually the title of a series of videos from Japan that went viral of this like Mario hack. So people kind of caught on to the Kaizo, the first word of that, Kaizo Mario, and then just called it Kaizo Mario World. Um, so we get an image four is a screenshot of Kaizo Mario World. And I'm going to explain what you're seeing here. So 
Um, another another kind of like unofficial name for Kaizo Mario World is Asshole Mario. Um, <laughs> so what you're what you're explaining, what you're seeing, and I'm sorry the image is a little bad quality, but what you're seeing is basically Mario is all the way at the left of the screen, and there are five bullet bills stacked on top of each other, about mm, a half a foot from his face. Yeah, um, this is the first frame <laughs> of the first of, level of World One, Level One. That's yep. correct. So you have to know immediately to mash the run button backward uh, or run, mash the run, run backward and jump as high as you can and jump over the bullet mm-hmm. bills in a, in a couple seconds. Um, so for, and Kaizo Mario, Kaizo Mario is pretty. I mean, there are, again, hundreds of YouTube videos out there. Um, Kaizo Mario is uh, also has spawned uh, the or famously introduced the hidden question block trap. <laughs> which of course inspired an entire generation of Mario Maker creators, <laughs> myself um, included. That's right. Kaizo games are also a very popular category of Pokemon ROM hacks as well. Yeah, where yep. just every yep. every battle is super duper tough. Yeah. Um. So the uh, the original Kaizo. So yeah. So Kaizo Mario Mario is definitely the most common for the Kaizo treatment. There are certainly other Kaizo type games. Um, but this original Kaizo Mario spawned a ton of these tough as nails Mario hacks. Uh, a couple, I'll name a couple. Super Dram World, Grand Poo World, um, Super Super Pango World, which those, we'll, we'll explain the relevance there in a bit. And then uh, other non-Mario games like Super Metroid Impossible. <laughs> Good. Um, my, I think a personal favorite of mine, this past SGDQ featured the newest Kaizo, which is called Casio Mario World, which I've put in image five here. Now this is, this is, there's one, this is one unpack. This is basically, this looks like Mario fighting a Hollow Knight boss. Is this, yeah. is it Mario, what it is. is it a Mario like Castlevania mashup? It's, that- it is, nope. That's just like the boss of Casio Mario World is just like a, a, a Hollow Knight boss. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. You just like you do it like fucking Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's something, but uh, sure. it's a it's a really it's a really fun run. So yeah, so that's ROM tax. There's others obviously, but those are the two biggest ones. Um, so then we got another couple of event. We've got races. So everything that we've done so far, these are mostly solo events. Races is where we get into multiple people doing runs. Um, because running doesn't have to be a solo act, you guys. There are tons of head-to-head events where we actually do see a definitive winner and a definitive loser. So we actually do see some competition. We have just normal two-person, three-person, four-person races, um, and these are just going to be your traditional run, like an any percent, maybe a hundred percent, where you know two, three, four people will race to finish first. Um, and the way that they do that at GDQ events is they will quarter people off or they might be just remote. So that's fine. Um, just so they don't, you know, they don't see which, what everyone's doing, obviously. And, uh, you'll get the sound from like one of the four people and they'll rotate it around and they'll show you like, Oh, the sound's coming from here. Um, but you know, watching this definitely has the energy of like an esport cause you're getting that more like play by play commentation from the, from the hosts and things like that. Um, we've also got relay races. So there's like head-to-head races, and then we see relay races, which are, you know, just like an actual physical relay race, teams competing for the best time. They hand off controllers. This is also a really popular thing with RPGs and long-form speedruns. Oh, um, okay. And I'll talk a little bit about RPGs later, but essentially, you know, 
RPGs kind of were left out of the GDQ form for a long time because as you can imagine, like Final Fantasy VII, even if you do it really fast, you're still playing Final Fantasy VII for 10 hours, right? Yeah, so, it doesn't translate you know, well. It's hard to translate to a marathon. Um, the, in past years, they've they've really like come to accept RPGs as events, is a seven-day event, so you know they got they do have time. Um, but um, relays relays are often how people do that, just so like you're not sitting for ten hours straight. Do they um do they coordinate the handoff like the yes. baton is handed off like at, they absolutely like, do they they practice it and, and oh everything. yeah oh Good. yeah um the there was one in this past SGDQ where they did a Sonic Adventure one relay where each character did a different story and they like dressed up as oh, the character sure sure oh that's yeah. awesome yeah it was it was it's a good one. Um, and then, of course, randomizer races. So, you know, coming back to randomizers, the randomizers are interesting because you can't really like you can speed run a randomizer, but you can't really like world record a randomizer just because of the nature of RNG, it'll be right? different. Right. Yeah, it'll yeah. be different every time. So the way that they do competitive randomizers is they'll do races. So two people will go head to head at the same seed, which just means like they get the same variables, the same things in mm. the same places, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um so it's, you know, it's like a puzzle. It's like solving a puzzle quicker. Yeah. And then um, uh, I think one of my favorites is bingo. Have you guys ever seen bingo races? No, but I'm looking at oh. the picture and I, yeah. I get it. It's, I also it's get it. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> bingo. Bingo is great for games like Mario Sunshine and Banjo-Kazooie, where like you have to do a bunch of tasks. Mm -hmm. So uh, essentially what happens is with bingo races, you get a bingo card. And instead of, so it's kind of like the same rules as randomizers where the same strategy as randomizers where you don't, you know, you have to know the game well enough that you don't, you're going to have to like path, configure out paths in real time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But it's like, so let's say the bingo card says like, I don't know, get 20 moons, right? You have to be the first person to get 20 moons. So it's like, okay, how do I get the, what am I going to do? What's my path going to be to get, to get the quickest 20 moons first? Um, there are a ton of Mario Odyssey bingo runs. That's probably one of the, the most prolific sure. bingo event. That makes sense, yeah. Um, a tool-assisted speed run, or TAS. So this is an entirely separate sect of, of people that do this, but I'll try to explain what a TAS is. So people that spend a lot of time trying to find glitches and exploits um, often utilize applications that allow them to slow down and replay their emulated games frame by frame, right? So it's like an instant replay or something like that. Um, runners can use these same tools to then pull off like insanely specific stunts that would just otherwise be impossible for normal human reflexes. Um, so a task run or a task speed run, a tool assisted speed run is essentially a showcase of that tool's ability, right? Um, okay. Now, these are a little bit harder to explain, but essentially, like, again, it is things that would that take like less than a frame, less than like the time it took, like, like our human muscles aren't quick enough to do, yeah. but like a computer can replicate, right? Yeah. And it just takes like a lot of precision and a lot of like specific precision. So obviously you can't do that live in an event. So the way that they do task runs is they have task bots. Um, Taskbot plays games, and what Taskbot plays are uh, these prefabricated runs, essentially. So what people huh. do is they will program all of the inputs for a particular run. 
So it's just like it's just like a binary code of like A, B, X, left, right, yeah. left, right, right. Yeah. And and they will feed that to a robot that plays it live. So Taskbot plays the game. And it's not a recording, it's a live thing, but it's but it is it is uh essentially like pre-programmed. So um it's image, an, it's, yeah. so it's like a it's not they're not we're not watching a pre-rendered image. We're watching Correct. a AI learning model apply these um, tool assists to a to a live run. You're watching a computer play a computer. That's correct. Great. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Um, Image seven is an image uh, taken from Taskbot plays Brain Age, which was just a really fun exhibition thing. So you guys all remember Brain Age? Uh It was a game where you had the DS where you would just like write math with your stylus. So they did a, a fun little exhibition of Taskbot did all of these like fun drawings and this is just <laughs> Taskbot drawing shut up and take my money on uh, with the DS stylus. It's it's very fun, it's very silly, it's very light, but uh you know, it's it's a good one if you're interested in Taskbot. And then the last event here we'll talk about as I mentioned earlier is Awful Games Done Quick, which is just a fun novelty block of runs. Every GDQ, somebody just highlights just a fucking dog shit series of games um, <laughs> that says like, and, and just always constantly makes you ask the question, like, why does anybody want to speed run this? Um, 2023's SGDQ featured the likes of Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures, um, Yolanda, The Final Challenge, and my personal favorite, Steven Seagal is colon The Final Option. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, that is kind of that's an overview of Games Done Quick. When we come back, I'm going to go over some common terms, a little light dictionary, and uh, we'll end with some of my greatest hits. So stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. So we're going to go through just like a couple common terms when you're watching GDQ. I think for the most part, they do a pretty good job of explaining what's happening. But I think it still can be overwhelming when you hear these words again and again. And again, these are nerds. They they like catchphrases and mantras and quips and jokes, right? And uh, it can it can very much feel like you're watching a Discord server in real life. So <laughs> take that for what you will. Yeah. Uh, first word is glitch. Everybody knows what a glitch is, but specifically in the context of speedrunning, glitches are the bread and butter of speedrunners. They rely on glitches as a way to skip major chunks of a game or just to move like unnaturally quickly or you know um, beat bosses really easily. Um, a great example is uh, how speedrunners beat Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is two major glitches. They'll use a glitch called, um, it's a crouch stab, um, so basically, like they they trick the system into thinking that Link is jump attacking when he's crouch stabbing, and it does like four x damage. So you can kill a oh. boss in 
in, in like two hits in two or hits wow. or yeah. one cycle which is what it's called and a cycle mm. is like again the cycle of like vulnerability right so yeah. you, yeah, bot, yeah. you you one cycle a boss that's that's pretty common and then that gets us into the word trick so trick is kind of a is a common term in speed running this is an actual a technical move that's performed and i and i love this is one of my favorite like memes of one of my favorite thing like recurring bits in GDQ is you'll hear the commentators be like, "All right, he's about to um, the runner is about to do this particular trick," and every trick has a name, but they're always these like uninspired names. Like uh, <laughs> you know, it's like if you're skipping the submarine in Mario, it's like, "All right, he's about to call this trip this trick." This skips the submarine. We call this submarine skip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, why did you have to name it? It's <laughs> really good though. And I they all that. do it and it's and it's funny to me every fucking time. <laughs> um I put in a couple gifts here and I and again, like it's hard to experience speedrunning without watching it, but with just like static images. But I, I put in a couple like gifts of like really common things found in Mario games. Cause again, like Mario speedrunning is a great starter. So I, image eight here is this is a probably the most common movement glitch for Mario 64. So everybody does it. And I don't know. I can't explain exactly how it works. But basically, like you backflip or you backflip Mario into a point where he's like he's his ass is shuffling backwards at like <laughs> maximum velocity. <laughs> and he like he shuffles his ass through walls and yeah. he just kind of like launches himself into a portrait of Bowser and then kind of thunks into into the level. <laughs> and that's like that's how people move through Bowser's castle or Peach's castle in Mario 64. Um the uh this another gif here this is from Super Mario Sunshine. This is a common um like what's called a uh 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 what is it? Uh skipping a wall, a clipping, a clipping glitch. Clipping. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. uh you know, Anybody who's ever been in game development or developed, you know, some kind of creative piece, you can kind of understand how it works. Assets all have defined, you know, physical properties, right? And what speedrunners do are try to find the little nooks and crannies to get behind or inside of or through those physical assets. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an example of a speedrunner finding a manipulating glitch to essentially clip through a uh, particular tower in Mario Sunshine to activate a level that otherwise would have been um, un- uh, unavailable. Yeah. Um, the word frame. So I've used framed a couple times. And again, when it's context, think of it like frame in a video. Um, each second is made up of several frames, which are, of course, still images. When played in succession, give the impression of movement, right? So in this case, frames are used as shorthand to represent fractions of a second. So when you hear something like frame perfect or this takes just a few frames, that is a particular input that has to be done within the span of a single frame or a single few frames. Otherwise, like a 30th or even a 60th of a mm-hmm. second. Right. So very, very quick. Mm-hmm. RNG. Um, we've probably said that on the we've probably said that on the pod before. RNG stands for random number gen- generation. This is a kind of a common term in game development, but it comes up in speed running as a major obstacle for runners um, because random number generation represents random chance. And as I mentioned before, if your speed run is not 100% planned out, you have extra variables. And any random chance will add to time, add time, add to potential 
issue or challenge just down the road. Or worst case, you might get RNG where that you you might like you might die when you think you're you might get hit by something you otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. And then you didn't save and you go back, you know, three hours worth of progress. So yeah, RNG is is a is the biggest the biggest baddie um, in speedrunning. And uh, that gets us to RNG manipulation, which is a which is a turn. It's originally this was used as a type of trick or exploit. I think Pokemon Kyle is probably a great example, especially the old Game Boy ones, since Pokemon was like yep. the Game Boy Pokemon were built like on a T9 calculator. Um, <laughs> the RNG manipulation is is literally like tricking the game to not to to randomly generate a specific number to not be random. Right. Um, more often though, it's just commonly used as a joke because runners obviously have like a lot of personal ticks. Um, and you know, it's like when you're randomly pressing buttons, like, oh, it's just RNG manipulation. Um, the word, the phrase pause buffering, this is a, this is one, this is a common type of trick, uh, especially in older games where a runner will mash the pause button to trick the game into moving the placement of a character. This is also really common in legend of Zelda Ocarina of time. Mm. Um, so like if you get, so runners will like hit themselves, blow themselves up with a bomb and then like get the force will propel them backwards and they'll use pause buffering and each frame will move each pause will move link farther and he'll like cross a gap he otherwise wouldn't have crossed i remember that very specifically from an old game grump sonic 06 video yes you can <laughs> pause to jump as knuckles it was the, infinitely it was the knuckles boom thing or the knuckles yeah, sonic boom sonic thing. boom yep. not sonic 06 yeah 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 um, and then I think the coolest one is wrong warping. Um, so this is a this trick comes up a lot where a runner will essentially force the game to load an area on top of another area, um, which it basically confuses the game and has them dump out in an unintended location. I think my favorite example of wrong warping is in Super Mario World. Somebody figured out that in World Yoshi's Island 1-1 or 1-2, a, a series of inc a very intricate inputs mm -hmm. essentially like activates the debug mode and just warps you to the credits. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> it's great. So it's they so put good. in they put in like a, a Tekken combo of, yeah. <laughs> of button button mashes <laughs> and they just like warp to the credits. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, another uh, really common tactic you'll see is if you turn into a GDQ you might see somebody playing a game in a different language, either in Japanese, maybe in French, Spanish, whatever. This is very common. It's very common to see players not playing games in English. And the reason is uh, because of how quickly text loads. Um, uh. English is a very verbose language. You may or may not know that compared to other languages. So um, the most common is Japanese, especially Japanese that uses kanji symbols. Um, because you can say a lot more with a lot mm -hmm. less in Japanese yeah. than you can in English. And uh, so I'll, there's a couple um, like like memes, quotes, like whatever, things that you hear all the time. I think the probably the most common, like I guess meme for lack of a better term, is save the animals or kill the animals. And uh, this, <laughs> this, uh, this refers to Super Metroid. I don't think you guys have played Super Metroid, right? Um, uh, I think I played SNES the one? remake. Yeah. I think I played the, I played the okay. SNES one, yeah. Oh, okay, I played the cool. 3DS remake. Got it. So you may or may not remember in Super Metroid, right at the end, there's an optional moment and the escape sequence where Samus can free a bunch of animals. 
Um, and it takes like a half a second. Um, <laughs> but Super Metroid, as you can imagine, is like that's like one of the most popular speedrunning games fucking ever. For and sure. it early on became a very common donation incentive where people donate mm. to either save the animals or kill the animals. <laughs> that's and, really good. And it's yeah, and it's become this thing over the years, like save the frames, kill the animals, or kill right. the frames, save the animals. Yeah. Yeah. Because it takes like a nominal amount of time. Um another thing that you hear you hear fucking constantly is the word hype or hype train and just people just screaming hype or hype because these are <laughs> like these are dorks and they love they love memes. We love our memes. <laughs> Yeah, we, we sure love, do. We love our memes. So, you know, at this point, you're sitting here, you're like, cool, speedrunning sounds really cool. I am, maybe I just went to the Games Done Quick YouTube and I just saw 42 videos posted last month, and that is way too overwhelming. Well, fear not, dear listener, I have curated my own personal Andrew's greatest hits of GDQ moments and GDQ videos for you specifically out there. That's right. That's right, just for you. Um, and I'm going to get into it. But let me quickly uh, just kind of note first. So and we'll put these in the show notes. We right? will absolutely put these in the show notes. Thank you, Kyle. So um, GDQ as an organization, you know, they, they are great. I love GDQ's YouTube page. They're good about uploading um, trimmed uh, VODs or videos on demand of every single event during, during a marathon. So you don't have to, like, watch the entire marathon stream. You can go, you know. Um, do and and all of those videos are archived on their YouTube page. I'll also link that to youtube.com slash at sign games done quick. And then of course you can go to the Twitch page for games done quick, twitch.tv slash games done quick. I will also shout out GDQ um GDQ Hotfix, which is their their daily show that happens like between seven and eleven. So hmm. okay. So where to start? So the easiest place to start outside of this curated list is Pick a game. Pick a game that you love, right? It it is it is there's no point in watching a speedrun of a game that you don't know or you don't like because you won't appreciate it, right? It's just like any other sport. You gotta understand how the game works. You gotta know the rules. You gotta know how hard it is to do the things to appreciate the mastery of it. So yeah. without further ado, I'm gonna talk. These are my top nine videos uh to watch of GDQ. Why nine? I don't know. <laughs> Because he couldn't think of a tip. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it was Cause. midnight last night. So I think, so I will, this first one here, this is like the the first hit that got me hooked on GDQ speedruns. Um, and this is the Super Mario 64 120 star by Siglemic. Um, this is from GDQ 2014. Um, I remember watching this and being like, I now understand why people like sports. <laughs> um, and I made it my personality for like a week. Um, it is an older one. It's an older one, but it checks out. Uh, another older one from that, I believe that same year, is the Yoshi's Island 100% by Trihex. Um, so Super Mario 64 and Yoshi's Island, again, these are personal favorite games of mine. If you have not played those games, if you don't have a finny for those games, don't watch this because you won't appreciate it. But if you have, do. Um, Trihex, I think since this time has been banned from GDQ and probably isn't the best of pre people, but whatever, his play style is so technically impressive and like Yoshi's Island is not a technical game. So to watch it be played in that capacity is interesting in a different way than it is to see Mario being played like that. Sure. Um, yeah. also like halfway through, there's this weird energy cause he just takes the shirt off. <laughs> Good. Nobody needed that. 
Nobody needed it, but it happened. For listeners at home, um, Super Mario 64 speedrun is about two hours, and the Yoshi speedrun is about three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, these aren't short, so, you know. Um, Settle when in. You're pooping. Make yeah, some popcorn. Yeah, when you're pooping. I think, I think speedruns are great to watch when you're trying to fall asleep if you're a, if you're a TV in bed kind of person or Andrew, laying on the couch to it, take a nap person. How long does it take you to poop? You might need to see a doctor. That's, Kyle, I'm 35. That's still. <laughs> Moving on. That's a part-time job. <laughs> it's a couple poops. It's like three. <laughs> All right. My next one is uh, t- 2018 Super Dram World by Grand Pooh Bear. Um, Grand Pooh Bear is like the Michael Jordan of speedrunning. Do you know? Do you watch Grand Pooh Bear, Matt? I got nothing. Oh, okay. I I assumed you did. He's like he's all he does Mario stuff. He does Mario. Oh, Mario sure. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get too far into the community of, of gotcha. Mario. I gotcha. just kind of did it myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love. I think Grand Pooh Bear is great. He's like one of the. He's like one of the weathered old veterans at this point. He's like, <laughs> yeah, back in my day when we were playing Kaizo Mario, you know. Um, but uh, he's you know he's been doing this forever. He's very he's very good at commentating. He's very good at he's very mm. charismatic. He's very good with crowds. Um, he's also announced that he's just retiring from GDQ. This was his last event. Oh. Um, but this was him playing Super Dram World, which is one of those Kaizo uh, hacks. Um, okay, personal really one that that holds a, a close place in my heart. Uh, this is the from 2016 Final Fantasy IX by four by three guys named Toju Mutsuki and Luzbelheim. So I mentioned earlier, um, RPGs have a very sordid past at GDQ. Um, in the like, you know, a long time ago, they they only did side scrollers and platformers, and then maybe we'll have Final Fantasy VII like overnight, right? And uh, I think this 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 is a nine hour run. So like to be clear, this is not a short run. This is a nine hour run that went over from like ten to six. Basically, okay. They gave him the overnight, the overnight slot. Yeah, they gave him the overnight slot, and and this run is so good. And the guys are like, the guys are so passionate about the game, about the run itself, and they like they they just get into so much detail, and you learn so much about running Final Fantasy IX that this like I think this thing like this is one of the most watched videos on on. GDQs, believe it or not, or one, oh, it's definitely up wow. there. Like it's a re- definitely a high one, um, and uh, it's just it's a really good. It's a it's really memorable for me because I remember watching it. Like I was like really sick, and I was like laying on my couch up here um, <laughs> in my attic, and it just like I I don't know. It was it it, it really like it you, I, it has you a got special just place as in my delirious heart. as they were yeah. playing it. And- yeah, yeah, and that's and that's it. Like it convinced me to play Final Fantasy IX, a game that I didn't really have a lot of interest in in the past. Um, but you can see their like slow descent into madness in you know through this <laughs> nine hours. It's it's really great. Um, another long form one is this Majora's Mask 100% by um, Majin Phil, Full Grown Gaming, Thief Bug, Trev Person. It's the four person relay. So these both are relays to be to be clear. Um, another one that's just really stuck with me over the years. Um, this one is more technical and they get into like, you know, Majora's Mask is a very complicated game to 100% because you have all of these like really intricate quests you have to do at certain times. So they go through like they basically like have a spreadsheet and it's like, OK, we have to be here at this point Then we got to go over here. We got to go over here. So it's just really interesting to hear like how, their strategy for how to most effectively 100 percent a Majora's Mask uh, playthrough. Five and a half hours. That's really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Matt, this one is for you. Uh, this past year, um, Super Mario Maker 2 Relay. So two teams of four did a relay race and played Super Mario Maker 2 levels. And basically what they do is they switch off every death, essentially. And it's the first person to get through an entire user-created world wins. Oh, man, that's really cool. That is very yeah. much for me. It's um, great. It's great. And it and it involves some of the world's absolute top of the like top of the pile Mario world and Mario Maker players. Um, Pangea Panga, who is pa Super Pangea World is is uh, named after also Pit of Pangea or Pangea from Mario Maker one, I believe um, yeah. that's named after him or Pit, Pit of Panga. Uh, that's it. Yeah. And Pit of Panga. Pitapanga and uh, Shoujo, um, who's a woman streamer. Um, she is incredible. She's like, I think the best Mario player who's ever lived. Damn. Yeah. Um, amazing. Amazing stuff. And she's really fun to watch. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, Kyle, this one is for you. You may have already seen it. Um, you mentioned I have Pokemon. not seen okay. this, but uh, you mentioned Pokemon, up. Pokemon randomizers. So uh, Pokemon Emerald by Kizaron, 360 Chrism, Shenanigans, and Adeth. Um, this is a this features an especially chaotic randomizer hack of Pokemon Emerald, where not only does each Pokemon, not only is it randomized, not only does each Pokemon evolve at every level, but the evolution that they evolve into oh is also gosh. randomized at every level. Oh no, okay. <laughs> that's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous and it's a ton of fun because the guys that are doing it are in the GDQ sphere. So like Kizaron mm -hmm. and ADEF, two of the guys, they host hotfix shows. So like they're very good with the crowd. You know, they're all buds. Like they're, it's yeah. very, like it's very chill. It's, it's very fun. They're all, you know, they're joking, like messing around the whole time. Gonna save, save that one for a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mentioned at the earlier the end of AGDQ 2017 when the marathon hit two million dollars. Um, this was the Undertale run. This was Undertale by TGH. Oh. TGH is an incredibly um, technical platform uh, platform player. They also um, did a run, a really good run of Celeste. I didn't list it here, but. If you if you're like Matt and really you know should be playing Celeste maybe maybe play Celeste and then watch TGH's run of Celeste as well. Matt plays Celeste. That felt unnecessary. Yeah, it's and not. Then, it's uh, very necessary. You should play Celeste. I definitely this the day of my birth. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely. I, this is this is your birthday present right here. This is it. <laughs> um, the the one I definitely wouldn't watch this first, but definitely watch it. It's Ocarina of Time by Taskbot. So this okay. is something that just needs to be experienced. There's really nothing else quite like it. Um, what it what this is is a bunch of nerds essentially like they they cracked open the Ocarina of Time case and they they rooted inside and they got all the little the little jams and jellies. They essentially stitched together. They basically stitched together like new content from uh, deleted assets that they found in the archive Whoa, in the game files. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and then they have Taskbot playing that game and it it gets pretty wild. I, you just got to watch it. It's it's something else. Um cool. So those are those are nine um those are all full runs. Um I again like don't watch them all, but if one of those sounds of interest of you, just throw it on. Throw it on in the background when you're, you know, 
you're doing your your quarterly fiscal reports or your you know <laughs> whatever whatever little excel filing, things you do out there filing you, your expenses you, for the quarter you fucking you fucking excel gremlins you i see you <laughs> so <laughs> other other notable i've had a weird day other notable highlights um so i mentioned i mentioned the i would really like you to be quiet now so <laughs> <laughs> there's i'm going to link it here too I think probably the funniest uh, T, uh, GDQ moment is, um, I believe this was like maybe 2015. It was earlier on in the event uh, cycle. A man is running the game Tomba 2, which like, who's played Tomba 2? I, I sure as hell haven't. <laughs> I hadn't even heard of it before. I re- it, yeah. That clip you showed us like evoked memories of the ad. Sure. I remember yeah, exactly. the ad yeah, on yeah, everybody remembers yeah. that. Yeah, everybody remembers that. So uh, this guy is playing Tomba 2, and I think this was before they established that, like, because I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but the people on the couch that do the commentary are also speedrunners of that event, right? So they know what's ah, going on. Okay. They're, they're all in that community. Yeah. Right? I should have mentioned that yeah. earlier. Um, I think this is before that was established. So <laughs> just some dude, like, he's a speedrunner. Just, just he, some he's fucking never, guy. He never played Tomba 2. He's a speedrunner. He was there, but he just did. Just some fucking guy just came and sat down. And the the runner was like, oh, hey. <laughs> not happening, dude. <laughs> oh, yes, not okay. happening at all. Yeah. And, that and he's adds just some like, context. Okay. Right. And uh, this guy, this commentary, he's trying so hard to be funny, and he's just not funny. He's not funny. And <laughs> there's a point where the guy just gets, he's slowly getting driven insane, and he says, I would like, I would really prefer if you would stop talking. And then and the then, guy gets real quiet and then he's like, but yeah, okay. Yeah. And then the, the player feels real bad. Yeah. And then, and then it jumps ahead like 40 minutes in the stream and mm-hmm. the, the, the viewers start, um, Egging rallying, rallying behind, uh, yeah. green sweatshirt. Yeah. Somebody, somebody donates to have, make green sweatshirt guy do jumping jacks. <laughs> Like, oh my god! So that one's really good. Um, another just classic moment is one of the earlier ones. I think this is like 2013. Uh, this this girl again, like nerds are nerds. <laughs> We've all been in these situations. This girl is sitting here. She's like sitting here. She's like knitting, and <laughs> she's knitting and like sitting watching. And you can hear the like dumbass like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time sounds like hop hop hop. <laughs> and all of a sudden this woman she starts talking she's like hey can i just like i just want to say something really quick and and everyone's like yeah cool and i think like again she starts she starts telling this like really heart like from the heart story about like her grandmother who died from cancer and she's like i'm you know like this might be my last year because like i also have cancer and it's like it's really hard blah 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 but it's like to the to the background music of to the background music. <laughs> and at one point she's like, "Can you can you stop?" And he's, like the guy's like he's like he's just not playing because he's also like super awkward because everybody's super awkward. Yeah. yeah, and you just watch this room like just a pin drops as you hear this woman like crying, and you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> Wow, that's really special. It's, it's peak. It's peak, man. Wow. Um, 
Oh, fuck. I also, um, I linked just another kind of funny bit. There's always kind of funny bits that happen, but there's a, there was a Fallout 4 run a couple years ago where a commentator is trying to describe this like complicated elevator glitch, and he brings a real-life model <laughs> to describe it. <laughs> and he like pulls it up to the camera, and it's just, it's very funny. Um, so I, I've linked it here, and I've put the, I'll put the, uh, the time code. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. That's GDQ. It's, it's just fun, man. Like it's just fun, wholesome, good time. It, you know, it's not been, you know, knock on wood. It's not been sullied by Papa capitalism yet. So it's all good. Yeah. This was a lot of fun, man. Like, like Kyle and I said at the beginning, I have never really gotten into GDQ. I've, been tangential to speedrunning here mm-hmm. and there, but it's never something that's like jumped out as a big point of interest for me. Yeah. Um, but this was a good on ramp. Yeah. This is helpful. This like definitely gives me some things to watch out for and a little bit more context to maybe convince me to like take that step of like, oh yeah, I'm not doing anything. Like I'll throw a stream of this on or something. Um, I think specifically like the the index of words to know is cool and helpful <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah especially like as i have gotten really into watching overwatch league and, and competitive overwatch as a whole there are so many words that i spent the whole first year i watched yeah being just like, like looking what up. the hell does that mean <laughs> and now i'm i'm kind of aware of when i'm watching other esports or other streaming things when they say things that i'm like Man. That's a made-up word, but I bet it means something. An, etymolo- <laughs> an etymology of gaming lingo flavor uh, text would be a, a trip. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the dictionary of our fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it sure would. Um, similar to Matt, I don't, you know, wa- watching streams of games is not a thing that's ever, like, fully clicked for me. I, I've yeah. given it a shot and, like, enjoyed it in the moment and then never returned to it. I'm going to watch some of these. I want to watch this Pokemon Emerald one you put in when I have, you know, something that I can do for three hours to put this mm-hmm. on in the background. I want to watch. <laughs> I want to watch the Super Mario 64 one, too. Just I yeah. think that's a good like you get all the all the bits of it. It's from it's that. a good it's a good like headline into what yeah. what this is. Yeah. 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 So, for yeah, sure, I'm going to sure. I'm going to try and put a couple of these on in the next week and um, love it let you know i love it cool well thank you all so much for listening in to debate this cast uh, of course you can follow along with the arguments on x no <laughs> no we're there it but it's sucks. twitter no it's not we're not saying uh, x i follow refuse. along with the arguments with uh, the bird site the zuck site and the other zuck site <laughs> and the other zuck site uh, at debate this cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com and of course, if you want to commission your own flavor text, head on over to patreon.com slash debate this cast. A one-time payment of $60 will allow you to dictate to us whatever you want. Want to hear Todd talk about 7th Heaven? Great. I'm not talking about 7th Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I'm Andrew Henderson. I'm Matt. I thought speedrunning is what I did in the morning after I ate too much red sauce. Cole. And I'm Kyle, RN Jesus wept, Harper. <laughs> we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs>